Have you ever considered God's purpose for your life? Would you say that you live intentionally to fulfill God's purpose? In this episode, Carla will teach you to recognize God's eternal purpose and the significance it brings to your daily life. Can you remember a time in your life, perhaps even recently, when you wondered why you were created or what is your purpose for living? Apart from understanding God's plan and purpose for our lives, our days can seem meaningless and our efforts futile. There is a story in the Bible about a king named Solomon who was enormously wealthy and wise. After pondering the meaning of life, Solomon intentionally pursued meaning and purpose by amassing more wisdom and more wealth. He immersed himself in all kinds of work and projects, and he also indulged in every kind of pleasure. In Ecclesiastes 2.10, Solomon said, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Solomon allowed himself to have anything and everything that his heart desired. Yet, after going to every length imaginable to find meaning and purpose for living, Solomon determined that apart from fulfilling God's purposes, life is meaningless. In fact, he called it a chasing after the wind. In Ecclesiastes 12:13, Solomon wrote, Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. The term fear God here means to have sincere reverence for the Lord. To revere God and obey His commands is to faithfully follow Him. Isn't that the description of the life of a disciple of Jesus? Remember His commission to us in Matthew 28, 19-20, where Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. God created us solely for the purpose of living for Him. In the same way that an earthly father wants their child to obey, God, our Heavenly Father, wants us, His children, to obey Him. As we consistently make the choice to obey God, our lives become transformed to look like Him, and in turn, the world sees Christ in us, and God gets the glory. Now that's a purpose-filled life. To further make this point, look with me at Colossians 1.16. It says, For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him and for Him. We were each uniquely created by God to live for Him, to love Him, to praise Him, to honor and worship Him, to serve Him, to put it simply, We were created for the purpose of glorifying the Lord. In fact, every detail of each of our lives has been carefully orchestrated by God for His purposes. Acts 17, 24-27 says this, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by hands, and He is not served by human hands as if He needed anything because He Himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man He made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And He determined the time set for them 
and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Imagine the time and place you were born, your family placement, even your birth order were all planned by God to accomplish his purpose. Knowing that we were created as a result of a specific design and with intentional purpose brings enormous meaning and significance in life. Listen carefully to the following verses from Scripture. Psalm 139.16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Ecclesiastes 8.8 says, As no one has power over the wind to contain it, so no one has power over the time of their death. James 4.14 says, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. These verses show that the time each of us spends on this earth has already been determined by God before we were ever created, and our lives are merely like a mist, a vapor that appears, then quickly vanishes. Perhaps this is why the psalmist asked the Lord in Psalm 90 verse 12 to teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You see, it's wise to realize that our lives are not about the quantity or amount of time we spend on earth. Our lives are to be about the quality. It's living faithfully day in and day out to fulfill God's purpose for us that matters. So how do we do that? How do we intentionally live to fulfill God's purpose? We do so by faith. And as we've learned, living by faith in any area of life is counterintuitive to living by sight. Why? Because the way a situation or circumstance appears can tempt us to doubt God's purpose. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. When we walk by sight, we're choosing to focus on merely the here and now, the temporal. But God's ways are so much higher than ours. His plans are so much bigger than ours. That means that just because we may not be able to understand our circumstances or what He might want to accomplish through us, doesn't mean that they fail to serve His purpose. Let's consider the life of Joseph as an example. As a young man, Joseph was rejected by his brothers, sold into slavery, and separated from his father. There was evidence that Joseph loved God and they lived a life of integrity, but still yet, he was wrongly accused, put in prison, and forgotten. Sounds pretty unfair, doesn't it? A lot of people would say that Joseph's life was filled with pain and adversity, and that's true. But it was also filled with enormous purpose. If you read Joseph's story, beginning in Genesis chapter 37, you'll find that God didn't remove Joseph from his difficult circumstances. Instead, God walked with him through each challenging step. Genesis 39 verse 21 tells us that while Joseph was in prison, while he was in prison, the Lord was with him and showed him kindness. Remember, it's counterintuitive to our human nature to walk by faith. It would be intuitive in our human nature to expect God to get Joseph out of prison rather than to leave him there. 
Yet God's ways are higher than our ways. God is always working in, through, and around us to fulfill His greater purposes. Look with me at Genesis chapter 39, verses 21 through 23. It says, God granted Joseph favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Joseph had success in prison. How can that be? The Bible says that Joseph had success because God views success differently than the world does. The world might see Joseph's time in prison as wasted. God didn't waste this time. To the contrary, God used it to develop Joseph's faith and character. He taught Joseph to be a humble servant. And most importantly, Joseph learned to rely on God rather than man. Eventually, God orchestrated circumstances that would allow Joseph to become second in command to Pharaoh in Egypt. And during that season, God used Joseph in a powerful way to prevent people from starving during a famine. Now, some people consider Joseph's life to be one of the most challenging in all of Scripture, yet God had great purpose in it, great purpose in the entire journey. Please don't miss this point. We were each created to glorify the Lord. That's our purpose. And God is either using you for His purpose, preparing to use you for His purpose, or doing both at the same time. Each time Joseph faced adversity, each time his faith was tested, and he chose to trust and obey God, God received the glory. And each hardship and challenge was also preparing him for future kingdom work. There did come a time in Joseph's life when he was reunited with some of the people who had mistreated him. Do you know what he said to them? It's recorded in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20. Joseph said, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph wasn't naive. He knew that the people who mistreated him meant to harm him. That was their intent. But Joseph also trusted that God's plan and purpose for his life would prevail. How amazing that through it all, Joseph persevered. He continued trusting in God's perspective and purpose. I can't help but stop here and ask, what about you? Are you looking at your life from God's perspective? Are you trusting Him to use everything in your life for His greater purpose? Are you thinking about the lessons God may want to teach you in this season to prepare you for His future kingdom work? I ask these questions because I often run into people who just want to move past a particular season as quickly as possible especially if it's challenging. Their focus is on just putting it behind them, just getting through, rather than embracing the significant eternal purpose it could provide. So as we move forward, please keep in mind that God has purpose throughout each season of your life. That means that God may use you for His immediate purpose, or He may be training you, preparing you for His future purpose, and sometimes He'll be using you while training you at the same time. The question we should each be asking ourselves is this. Is our life fully surrendered to the purpose of bringing God glory? Isaiah 43, 7 
tells us that God made each of his children for the sole purpose of glorifying him. And he will use various and unique ways to accomplish his purpose in each of us. Just like the life of Joseph, living purposely for Jesus begins with viewing life from God's perspective, which, as we're learning, is counterintuitive to our human nature, isn't it? Our human nature looks at each situation and considers how it benefits us. If an activity isn't satisfying, we can easily dread doing it. Or if it's not convenient, we may view it as an obligation. I think if we were being honest, we sometimes determine whether our day is going good or bad based on the level of ease or difficulty in the situations we're facing. But what would happen if we chose to find contentment and success in fulfilling God's purpose rather than the ease or difficulty of each situation? Hmm, what would happen if our focus was on God's purpose rather than on ourselves or the activity? Colossians 3, 1 and 2 tells us to set our hearts and our minds on things above, not on earthly things. In other words, God wants our focus to be fixed on His eternal perspective and purpose instead of temporal activities of this earth. In Matthew 16, verses 21 and 22, the Apostle Peter misplaced his focus, and in that moment, he lost sight of God's eternal purpose. In Matthew 16, 23, Jesus rebuked Peter by saying this, You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Do you have in mind the concerns of God during the moments of your day? Think about it. In the midst of all your appointments, activities, and responsibilities, what might happen if instead of focusing on each commitment or the list of everything that needs to get done, what if you saw each activity as an avenue to fulfill God's purpose? Let me show you what I mean. Let's say that you have a scheduled appointment with your dentist tomorrow. If your focus is on the appointment itself, your mind might consider all kinds of things, like the interruption it creates to an already hectic day. You don't know how long the appointment will last or what the dentist is going to find when you get there. And then there's the potential of discomfort, depending on what the dentist finds, and the potential cost involved. These are not only valid concerns, they are shared by many. But these concerns focus on ourselves and the activity. By changing our focus to the things of God and His potential purpose, our mindset is on the eternal rather than the temporal. So let's practice. Let's consider the potential purpose God may provide in your trip to the dentist. For example, rather than merely enduring the time spent in the waiting room, you can pray for those sitting around you and anticipate opportunities to represent Christ and talk about Him to the people you encounter. If being in the dentist chair tempts you to become nervous, ask the Lord to deepen your reliance on Him. Also, regardless of the diagnosis or the expense resulting from the visit, you can trust God to meet each and every need. Let's consider another example, an example of something we look forward to doing. Last week, I met a friend for lunch that I really enjoy spending time with. And I hadn't seen her in a while, and I had a limited time I could be gone from work, so I really wanted to focus on catching up with her. Then, on the way to the restaurant, I began to pray for our time together. While I was praying, the Lord reminded me to be mindful of His potential purpose. So I changed my focus to be open to what He might want to accomplish. I greeted my friend when we arrived at the restaurant, and we were seated. While the waiter was taking our order, 
He looked at us and said, you two ladies look like you really enjoy being together. How long have you been friends? My friend and I agreed with the waiter that we love spending time together. But then I said, we've been friends for a long time, but that isn't what makes our relationship so special. I told him that we both had Jesus in our lives, and our relationship with Jesus is what makes us so close to each other. Now, I've had conversations like that happen before, but I've never had this happen before. The young man sat right down next to me and began to share with us how he was a Christian, but that he hadn't been walking closely with the Lord since beginning college. He told us that God had been convicting him of his current friendships. While he was talking to us, I started praying. I was asking the Lord to give us wise words and to give this man favor with his manager to stay in this conversation as long as necessary. We encouraged him to respond to God's leading and pointed out that this very encounter was a reminder of how much God loves him and wants what's best for him. We asked him his name and prayed for him right then and there. Then he went about his business serving us and others. I think my friend put it best when she said this, As much as I enjoyed having lunch with you today, it really wasn't about us having lunch, was it? We still had lunch together, but it was so much more purposeful than it might have been if my focus or hers had only been on temporal things. If you want to experience more purposeful living, I encourage you to develop the habit of considering your focus during the activity of each day. Regardless of the activity, God wants our focus to be on His purpose. That means that even though the world impresses on us to be increasingly task-oriented, God wants us to be purpose-oriented. In other words, regardless of what we are doing, God wants us to remember why we are doing it. Have you ever considered which is more significant, what you do or why you do it? Of course, you should consider what you do with the time you've been given, but more significant is why you choose to do what you do. Since answer to why questions reflect our heart motive, they will either reflect human reasoning for what we do, or they will reveal a heart that's pursuing God's purpose. Consider this. As we go about our day, the activity or the what we do could be any number of things, but why we do it should consistently be for God's glory. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Do you recognize both the what and the why in that verse? It says, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. Do it in such a way that honors Him. And then it tells us to be grateful in doing so. Imagine even the most mundane chores becoming purposeful. For example, I used to dislike doing laundry, mostly because it seemed like an endless task. Dirty clothes were always piling up. Then I let this verse saturate my heart, and it changed my perspective on washing clothes, and a lot of other chores as well. I began to thank God because the dirty clothes represented the people I love that God had placed in my life, and it represented His provision for each of us. I began to thank God for each family member and pray for their needs as I put their clothes in the washer. I also shared with my family how each one of us can minister to each other when we each do our part to serve one another. There's no doubt that the enemy wants our minds to be distracted by the activities of this earth. Yet God wants us to have our mindset on the eternal things of His kingdom. If we fail to focus on God's potential purpose in what we're doing, 
we may overlook or miss the very lessons he wants to teach us or the opportunities we've been given to influence people for him. Let's take this truth a little further. Sometimes the tasks we perform and the reason we perform them appear so obvious that we overlook their potential purpose. We can use lots of different reasons to provide explanation for the things we do in life, but God's purpose gives reason meaning. For example, let's consider the common activity of going to the grocery store, something many of us do on a regular basis. What would you say are some of the reasons you might give for why you go to the grocery store? Of course, you need to eat. Maybe you're out of milk. Or there's a good sale on some of your favorite products. We can each identify with these responses. But the obvious reasons might not reveal God's potential purpose. To consider God's purpose, we need to turn our focus away from the reasons for the task and turn toward thinking about the potential purpose in it. When my focus is on God's purpose, I'm thinking about Christ and anticipating opportunities to honor Him. My heart and my mind are bent toward Him. I'm asking the Lord to give me opportunities to demonstrate my faith or to share my faith with others. Focus changes everything. When my mind is focused on God's purpose, the activity is not just about me, about my convenience, about getting in and out of the store and on to other things. I pay so much more attention to people, the people God has placed around me. It sometimes involves helping an elderly shopper or encouraging a store employee. It may be as simple as waiting patiently in a crowded aisle or showing kindness and mercy to a cashier who makes a mistake. Even a long checkout line is much more than merely an inconvenience. It's an opportunity for purposeful conversation. Do you see how God brings purpose to reason? When you start shopping with God's purpose in mind, the experience will never be the same. Whatever the activity, it's never merely about the task, but the opportunity for potential purpose it provides. In Matthew 5.16, Jesus said, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We don't have to create purposeful activity. It's all around us. Everywhere we go, there are people who need to see in us the light of Jesus. Instead of allowing all the places we go to represent an associated task, we can each view each activity and the routes in between as avenues created by God to provide opportunities to achieve His purpose. In discipling others, help them to understand that living purposefully for Christ Jesus doesn't happen merely by accident. It takes intentionality. The following are ways to encourage others to live increasingly purposeful for the Lord. 1. Choose to view circumstances from God's perspective and ponder His potential purpose. 2. Practice surrendering personal desires to accomplish God's greater purpose. 3. Rather than focus on activity, focus on the potential people God may want you to influence. 4. Anticipate God's mighty work around them, in them, and through them. And finally, faithfully follow God's lead and leave the results to Him. We can help others understand that we may not always see purpose, but we are to trust by faith that God has purpose in all things. In Romans 8, 28, the Apostle Paul wrote this, 
We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. God is continually working in every aspect of our lives to bring Himself glory. He has purpose in both the moments and the seasons of our lives. Learning to fulfill God's purpose for the time we spend on earth will enable each of us to experience enormous meaning and significance in life. One of the greatest ways we can begin to fulfill God's purpose is to set our minds on eternal things. If our focus is on things of this earth, we may try to get the most accomplished in the shortest length of time, or become overwhelmed by the task at hand. In doing so, we may overlook the very lessons God wants to teach us and the people around us He wants us to influence for Him. Be aware that the enemy wants to distract us with activity. Yet God wants us to see each situation, commitment, and circumstance as a means for accomplishing His purpose. What about you? What intentional steps will you take each day to live purposefully for our Lord Jesus?